Hey everyone, this is Brittany with the Creative Outsiders Podcast, where we connect the dots for storytellers. Basically, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. And today's guest is none other than the beautiful, wonderful, talented Miss Maya Lipscomb. Welcome to the show, Maya. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, and we are so excited to have you. You actually were studying to become a veterinarian. I majored in it. And while in undergrad, I wasn't too thrilled with my major, right. um, but it was a situation where I didn't want to change my major and end up, you know, delaying graduation or anything. So I stuck with my major and I made sure to surround myself in extracurricular activities that involved video production. I did a lot of um, on-campus events, like I would film them and edit them for campus organizations and whatnot so i was able to still feed that desire to be creative even though that wasn't my major and i you know deep down i knew that i had a passion for something else but we've all been there like i'm not alone and you know people who major in something just for the idea of it being you know it being comfortable and not necessarily being what you're passionate about Wow. And I can definitely kind of like identify, I think a lot of creatives can identify with, you know, that whole experience of, like you said, going to college and you want to get a career that you know you're going to be able to, you know, find a job in because some of the more creative majors, you know, a a career isn't always guaranteed. So I definitely identify with that. But unlike yourself, I didn't actually stick with the major. So it did take me longer (laughs) to graduate (laughs) because I was kind (laughs) of hopping from one major to the next with that before deciding that hey okay i'm gonna stick with this and hopefully see um where it goes but back to you know okay so you graduated you got a job in your field like at what point did you realize okay you know what becoming a veterinarian this is no longer my passion and that you were going to pursue a full-time career in television and film like what was the moment that you realized that this is what i need to to go after well i realized that you know, well, after getting that job, I think at that point, I knew that I didn't see myself going to veterinary school um, Mm -hmm. to become a veterinarian. It was just kind of like, okay, I need a job right now. Let me do this. (laughs) Right. Um, So in that time, I was trying to figure out exactly where I fit in. I was doing a lot of extra work for the show Nashville. And I would find, you know, little creative ventures to get into. In that meantime, But I think after going to that job every single day, you know, I still love animals, like, don't get me wrong, but it was just kind of the same routine every day. And there were also situations where I got scratched and bitten. (laughs) And I'm just like, this, like, you have to, with anything that you're going to do every day, like, you have to love it. Your heart has to be in it 100%. And I just, I didn't feel that. I did not feel that. And you know, I just, I'm a person who really believes in following your passion. And I believe that we're all placed on this earth for a unique and specific purpose to fulfill. And I've always been passionate about the representation of people of color, especially women of color in the media. And that's something that has always been on my heart. And I just think over time with seeing misrepresentation especially with reality tv like it really triggered this Mm -hmm. drive in me that i want to help shift the narrative if i'm able to glad you mentioned that so let's talk about (laughs) that show let's talk about your baby we're mine 
So you stated um, earlier that your passion for television and films comes from a desire to create content that positively represents people of color, especially women of color in a respectable manner. So as I was watching it, you know, on YouTube, um, I feel that you definitely accomplished that uh, with the way that it doesn't showcase your typical Hollywood stereotype of Black women. So like, I was really impressed, you know, because usually what we see on TV is, you know, we're all angry and neck snapping and eye rolling, like you mentioned with the reality television, which I'm not gonna lie, it's my guilty pleasure, but aside <laughs> from, but <laughs> I'm conflicted because I know like that's not how all black women act, and but that's the, the dominant portrayal that we see on TV. So I was really impressed by your show and how you showcase, you know, us and showing that, you know, we can be unique and we can be weird and quirky and we're all trying to figure out our place in the world, you know, just like everyone else. So when it came to the actual concept of Weird Maya, um, was this based like on your real life experiences? Is it more like, a, what is it, like imi uh, art imitating life? Like, is this how you, what you experienced in school or how did you come up with the kind, kind of, so... Uh, it's loosely based on so my character in hashtag weird Maya is the name is Maya obviously <laughs> but um so it's it it loosely is based on my life but it is fictional but the inspiration really came about I had a, there was an assistant professor that I was taking a class or he was co-teaching for a course and we had this assignment I don't even really remember it was some assignment we had to present to the class and he made this comment and he was like take Maya for instance she's weird mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and I'm like I don't know what my immediate reaction was but it kind of set with me like why did he just call me weird like was that a compliment like I'm not really sure <laughs> and I've always been someone who you know dances to the beat of my own drum like I'm always taking pride in being an individual but I never had been called weird and so um, years later as this idea for this show came about I just you know was kind of playing with the idea of like why is weird a bad thing like why does that have to necessarily be a bad thing because we're all weird there's always something about us that's weird and I believe that that makes us different it makes us special it's a part of our individuality and uh, because I felt that HBCUs really embraced individuality, I thought it would be interesting to place someone in an environment that was all about being herself, um, who struggled with her identity in being herself. Um, so that's really where the concept came from. So yes, me being called called weird, but also me <laughs> understanding that <laughs> it was okay to be weird. And that we're all weird and we should just embrace the skin we're in and, you know, our unique qualities and our experiences because that's really what shapes who we are, who we're meant to become. Um, and the, the characters really developed over time um, while I was building the show. I initially came up with the concept back in 2015. And at that time, I had not... I hadn't started at Lipscomb yet. I think maybe I had applied at Lipscomb, so I knew I was going to grad school, but I really didn't have knowledge of screenwriting and, you know, proper format and character development and all that. It was just, these. this was an idea I had, like, these were the characters I was thinking of, and I wrote, like, a very rough 
script basically or it was actually a it had a few episodes so it was like a little mini series um, of the show there was a time when I was trying to pursue it and called myself you know pitching it and whatnot but it, it really wasn't working out because honestly I didn't have a lot of knowledge like it was so right. new to me um so once I started school at Lipscomb and really gained that technical background of writing and storytelling I was really able to dial down and develop the story correctly partnering up with my cohort and you know getting advice from my professors I really took time to really build the story correctly from the idea I was able to meet with some members of my cohort and I told them about this idea I had and you know we had to do different projects throughout the year and we would get credit for helping other classmates with their projects. I asked if anyone would be interested in helping me produce a mini series version of this show, hashtag Weird Maya. I reached out to some colleagues of mine from TSU who were actors, um, some friends that I knew who were actors. Um, I had, I held auditions for roles was able to come up with a cast and a crew that I felt really fit the show. And at the time, my idea was to do something really small. Like I, I, I wanted to dial it down because I had these huge dreams early on. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, you know what? You know, I'm just starting school. I'm learning. Let's just try to do some like five minute little clips of scenes just to give me an idea of what this show could be. And so the more that I was writing and brainstorming and collaborating, that first episode turned into like a 10 minute episode when originally it was like five minutes. And from then on, like after we did that one and writing, it just grew. And in my time of being at Lipscomb, I produced a five episode mini series of Hashtag Weird Maya and, um, it just, it grew so much. And um, I had so much support from my classmates. One of my classmates who also attended Tennessee State, Kelly Greer, she co-writes the show with me. And um, just, just to find someone who is truly aligned with your vision and, you know, understands where the show is going and the future of it and the possibilities of it and having a cast who was just as invested um, as I was really made the difference and we were able to do like a full mini series so after after I did the the mini series I had to leave to go to France and then go to LA because my graduate program we were traveling to the Cannes Film Festival in Cannes France and immediately we were going to LA for a summer internship <clears throat> and I was rushing to finish the, the miniseries and like finish the story because I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna come back because I wanted to move to LA and stay there after the internship and after my summer coursework was finished and that didn't quite work out but it's it's wild that everything happens for a reason right because <clears throat> someone 
ended up reaching out to me about how Sundance was now opening their um, film festival to episodic content for the first time. They said, you know, I've really been following what you've been doing with hashtag Weird Maya. You should give it a try. And that was so mind blowing to me because honestly, I didn't know that anyone anyone could just submit to a film festival. I honestly didn't know how that worked. I looked it up online and they said that if you submit something, it cannot have been released already. So that took me out of it because a lot of my episodes had been released. I think I maybe had one that I hadn't released yet, but it didn't really fit the length requirement for it. And I was just stuck. I said, you know, I really feel like this opportunity is coming about for a reason. And I think I should just try it. So I was planning on returning to Nashville. I ended up not staying um, in LA after that summer. And Kelly and I put our heads together and we wrote a 30 minute episode for Hashtag Word Maya that would be an extension of the mini series. And we got the cast that was available, the crew together, and we filmed this episode over the course of a weekend. And we wrote the script probably in a week. And like that weekend we were filming, like it was a quick, 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 quick process because the deadline was coming up. And we filmed it, I edited it, I submitted it. It didn't get into Sundance, but just the fact that I completed something, you know, in on that crunch time that I had, I had a full length TV show, like TV show episode um, that I had created and I had my thesis project. I thought, okay, you know what? Well, maybe there are other film festivals that I can submit this to. And I did, and I submitted it to the Nashville Film Festival, which it got accepted into, and I submitted it into the um, National Black Film Festival in Houston, Texas, which it also got accepted into and won Best TV Pilot. And I think at that moment, it just, all of that clicked to me. And I just, I I I realized, I can do this, like we can do this. And just the progression of the show, like from 2015 to being just an idea and just something that, oh, this will be really neat to do, to really see it grow and develop into what could become an actual television show. Like that was confirmation that I was on the right path and that I was creating something that was positive, that was family friendly and that, And I was hoping that, you know, showcasing my journey and being very authentic in the process, I would inspire other people to, you know, follow their dreams too, because it takes time. But if you really believe in something and you work at it and you just don't give up, you know, don't accept no for an answer, you can do it. Hopefully I answered the original question. <laughs> Your questions. I'm just sitting over here soaking it all in. Like, you definitely inspired me because you said you wrote that episode in a week. Listen, it was a week and my dad flew to LA because I, I had my car transported to LA while I was there for those three months, I guess. And so my dad flew to LA and helped me drive back to Nashville. And Kelly had already yeah she had already made it back to Nashville 
So she was like, we were on FaceTime, we were on the phone and I had my computer out. So literally from <laughs> LA to Nashville, like driving, that's when the episode was written. <laughs> like mm -hmm. we really hustled to get it done and simultaneously, you know, making sure the cast, you know, was available and not all of my cast members were available because some were in grad school or had moved or, you know, it was a lot. So we had to then, oh, actually we had written, that's what it was. We wrote an entire episode with specific characters in mind. And then at the last minute found out that some of those actors weren't going to be available. So we had to completely write a new episode episode for it to accommodate who was actually going to be in it so it was a lot it was a lot because <laughs> you did it and it won awards and like it's just inspiring because you did it and you did it so quickly and sometimes we kind of or at least I can talk to myself like drag my feet and I'm like want everything to be perfect or waiting or I'll do it but to hear your story and like okay I had this short amount of time and I did it you buckle down and you did what you have to do so it's definitely inspiring me and I think our listeners will definitely be inspired as well to just go out there sometimes you just got to do it mm -hmm. yeah and I mean that was the case for the miniseries as well because there were definitely times where you know we were told we couldn't film in a certain location or whatnot or someone wasn't available something always went wrong <laughs> Um, but I'm so thankful to Lipscomb University and the film program because, well, another blessing was that since I was in film school at the time, I had access to the school's equipment and, you know, we were available to use any location on campus. And since it is a college-based show, that was perfect setting. Um, so that was a blessing. But I mean, there were times where the crew consisted of the cinematographer, and sometimes I had to step in as the cinematographer for scenes that I was not in. Sometimes some of the, the actors were doing audio, like <laughs> it really was just a figured out type of situation, but we got it done. And I think when you run into those obstacles along the way, it just makes the process so much more fulfilling because right. it's not gonna be easy, but you learn so much along the way. And, um, and yeah, and that, that's another reason why, you know, even though things may go wrong, it's just like, but things still keep progressing. So that's why I can't stop and I'm not going to stop. Aside from Weird Mag, I know you mentioned um, you had to step in, you were doing the editing, cinematography, things like that. But aside from hashtag Weird Maya, Weird Maya um, you also do other jobs as well, right? You're direct and editor as a freelancer. I do mostly freelance cinematography and editing. I, I have a videographer friend who I work with a lot on projects and I'll assist him with a lot of the videography, um, whether it's weddings, commercials. I've also directed and um, served as the director of photography for music videos for local artists. And I really love narrative work, um, short films. And Kelly and I are also, we are in the process of writing a feature film. Mm -hmm. um, so outside of hashtag Weird Maya, I do a lot of behind the scenes work. Of course, since I also act in the show, you know, that takes away from 
the cinematography part of it, but that really is something I'm passionate about. I love cinematography. I do edit hashtag word Maya. So um, I am able to keep my editing hat on with that. But outside of the show, yes, I do a lot of the behind the scenes production work as well. Okay. And do you, um, I know you say you kind of, you do um, other jobs and um, other videos as well. Do you, how do you go about, I guess, getting those other jobs and have you ever struggled with charging your worth for your work? Yes. And that, that is still a learning process recently because things are progressing with hashtag weird Maya, which we'll talk about. I haven't done as much freelance work, but early on it was, it was definitely a struggle, especially, you know, working with people, you know, Mm -hmm. they, you know, they want you, you're, you're doing them a favor or, you know, this is just something you can do. And honestly, that still happens to me. People, will contact me about taking pictures and I have never said I was a photographer ever (laughs) but people assume because I do video that I also am a photographer and I mean I can take pictures but you know it's not that's not what I do there are times and, and there have been situations where I have put in a lot of time I've put in a lot of energy and I was not paid what Mm -hmm. I deserved or not paid at all and I think those situations like you have to take them as lessons and learn from them I learned that I can't say yes to everything and as much as I may want to help this person as much as I may you know want to help on this project like you have to value your time production work takes a lot of time Mm -hmm. it does like you can be editing on something for hours and hours and hours I think the more that I worked with experienced videographers and really saw like what they charged, I was able to determine, okay, based on my experience, my expertise, the time that this will take, you know, this is probably what I should be charging. And I did a lot of research and looking that up and what I felt, you know, time working on this project was worth. So um, it has definitely been something that I have had to learn over the years and has gotten better. But one thing I will say is you can't say yes to everything because that will overwhelm you. And, um, and really think about the projects that you take on because there have been situations where I've been asked to be a part of a project. And if I didn't feel that it aligns with my brand, then I would decline it. Like if it was a music video and I felt that, oh, like this song is degrading women when I know that I'm passionate about positive representations of women, like I'm going to decline being a part of that. And that's okay. You have to think about the bigger picture and it's not always about the money or just getting experience. Like you really have to take yourself into consideration. Right. That's awesome advice. Um, Cause I'm definitely listening to everything that you say. Cause that's where I'm at now. Like that's the struggle that I often have with charging my worth or charging at all. Because like you said, you want to, sometimes you just want to help people out or it's one of those things like, well, I need, you know, the exposure or I'm going to help them and they'll help me. Um, but like you said, I have to always, you know, constantly tell myself now, like your time is, is money, you know, mm-hmm. like you're doing this stuff, you're putting your time into it then you should be, you know, compensated for that. 
Yes. So that's awesome. Um, awesome advice. I'll definitely take that into account myself. But okay, so you mentioned you also went to, because my next question is about going to France. You attended the Cannes Film Festival as well as working with BET. So what was the what were those opportunities like for you? Um, oh, oh wow. So the, the BET experiences, those happened. Oh, so this is crazy. After I left um, my job at Banfield, which is the, the veterinary hospital, it was, that was like December-ish, I guess. And literally a couple weeks later, that's when the opportunity came about for me to assist um, for the BET Awards. I was in the talent, it was like a talent credentials assistant. So what I did was help um, check in the talent. So on the day of the awards, you know, their publicist or sometimes the talent themselves, they would have to check in and they would get their credentials for, you know, whatnot. So whether it be a presenter, a performer, a backup dancer, um, that's what that department handled. And for me, you know, it wasn't directly connected to film and TV production, like in a narrative sense, which is what I'm interested in, but just being at the award show, seeing how it works behind the scenes in the development process of getting everything prepared for the show day, that was such a great learning experience for me. And um, I did the BET Awards, BET Honors, and the NAACP Awards. And I think that was also a light bulb moment in that I'm on the right path because I remember watching, I think I was watching Black Girls Rock um, Mm -hmm. the year before, and I was so inspired by it. And I told myself, this time next year, like, I'm going to be at an award show. Like, I just said it out loud. I was like, I'm going to be at an award show. I don't know what capacity. I don't, I don't know, but I'm going to be at one. And I was at one times three. And so I think it was just, that was just like God saying, you know, I'm giving you this experience to show you that you really can do what you, you know, you put your mind to. And um, it was just an awesome experience, you know, just to be in that environment. But as far as France, we went to the Cannes Film Festival, and I mean, that was such an incredible opportunity. We were we had, you know, like a little ID card that had our picture, it had our production companies on it. Like we were registered as filmmakers, and we were right there in the mix with professionals from all over the world you know we were able to connect like Kelly and I we actually met some actors and filmmakers from Nigeria who were extremely popular in the Nollywood space we just met people from all over and just to see the different films it was a beautiful experience and just to be in another country and just being surrounded by that culture That was an an amazing time, amazing time. And what advice would you give to, let's say you're meeting another another young woman who wants to follow their dreams, but is scared or unsure of what to do next? Well, number one starts with belief in yourself. 
And you have to believe in the project more than anyone else can believe in the project. And, and I can say that for hashtag weird Maya, like I always said from the beginning that this would be a mainstream full length TV show. I told people from the beginning that I was pitching it to TV networks, knowing that I did not know anybody <laughs> to pitch to or anything. And now I'm at that place, but it's, you have to be so confident like in your worth, in your work um, and in yourself that other people are going to be drawn to you as well. Like they're gonna wanna support you. They're gonna believe in you too. Um, and so I think that that's key. So believing in yourself and you just have to do it. Like you just, and I think that can be the hardest part is like taking that first step because you question, oh, like, is this going to be good enough? Or, oh, like, it's not the best quality or, oh, you know, I think that definitely do your best, like put your best foot forward. But the more you hold back in releasing it or sharing it, is only going to hold you back more. And I think that if you're just authentic in yourself and in your work and aren't afraid to express yourself in that way, the right people will be drawn to it. And I think they'll appreciate that authenticity. What is next for Maya? What's next for hashtag Where, Maya? Like, what do you have going on? What can we look forward to? So where do I go from here? Like, I know my goal is for this to be a full-length TV show, like mainstream. What's next? So immediately, Kelly and I got together and we wrote the entire first season of Hashtag Weird Maya, like full-length. We wrote 12 episodes, 12 30-minute episodes um, for season one. We put together, like, a full Bible of the show, of the characters, like, we just gave it our all, not knowing what was coming next, but just believing in this project and just knowing that, you know, we're, there's a reason for this. There's a reason that we've been brought to this point and um, let's just continue to create. So in that time, I was working on other projects um, in terms of, you know, cinematography or editing. Um, and in May of 2019, I got an email from someone who I had never met. I was introduced to him the previous year over email. And he is one of the founders of this conference that's here in Nashville called FilmCom. And he just out of the blue emailed me and he said, hey Maya, you know, I've been following your journey with hashtag weird Maya and I wanted to see if you'd be interested in participating in the pitch portion of FilmCom and Ooh. pitch your show to um, producers and whatnot. And I was thinking, I, first of all, <laughs> I was like, wait, it, am I ready for this? This is where that second guessing and like doubt right. was coming in. Yes, it was doing well, but I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know that I was ready for something like that. And I read his email again and I saw that he was basically giving me a free entry into the conference. So yeah. I would bypass, you know, being, having to enter in my work and being judged and all that. Like he was just letting me participate. And 
I thought if that is not God, like if that is not God. (laughs) And, you know, prior to that, I had just been writing in my journal, like, I'm going to get the opportunity to pitch. And that's why I was saying, like, in that time, I was telling people that I was pitching the show to TV networks. And I wasn't doing that. I just, that's what I wanted to do. So I said, yeah, you know, I'm writing the the full length season I'm pitching the TV networks it just became a part of my vocabulary around the show and so when that moment happened I just thought I have to do this and in my mind it was just going to be practice it was just going to be getting exposure I had never been to a conference a pitch you know conference like that I had never pitched or anything like that um, so I got together my pitch. We, they gave us a 15 minute window and they said that you needed a trailer to present. So that was what I worked on. I just, you know, gathered clips from the miniseries, came up with a trailer, had my professors look at it, went through a lot of edits of it. And, um, Kelly pitched with me. I had, we had on our hashtag shirt that are on sale <laughs> but okay. um <laughs> <laughs> and we went in that room and I mean there were not a lot of people of color at that conference so that was another thing too I was young like we were young we were black like we were women <laughs> and you know no. knowing that <laughs> a lot of people there were established in the industry and um, we went in that room and it was probably about 15 to 20 um, film professionals in that room, ranging from agents, producers, directors. I think there was, there were maybe like three women. There was one black woman in the room. Wow. So I didn't, you know, I was just like, I'm going to speak from my heart. I'm going to tell my story. And I'm going to sell this show the best way I can. But I always thought of it as this is just great practice. I didn't expect anyone to be interested at all. And also, I didn't expect anyone to identify with the show, with it being an all-Black cast, with it being set at an HBCU. So I was just going to do my best to um, be authentic and tell it. So afterwards, well... Yeah, after my pitch, there was a producer who interrupted me. Well, not interrupted me. I was done. But he kind of interrupted me because my time was running out. (laughs) But he said that he loved it. Like, he was just like, this sounds amazing. And immediately started asking me questions about it and about the process and about what I see for it. And then there were other um, producers who were chiming in. And um, there were a few who said, like, this one young lady said, you know, I really would love to connect you with Issa Rae. And someone else wanted to connect me with Will Packer. Like, we were so shocked, like, (laughs) walking out of that room. Like, we were just so shocked. We just prayed and thanked God, like, for that opportunity. Film come ended, and I did follow up with people who, you know, had reached out to me. Um, that day and I didn't hear back (laughs) from anyone Um, a lot of people who said that they were going to reach out to me didn't hear back from anyone Mm. and so I thought okay 
you know, like, at least I got this experience, you know, whatever happens will happen. I was still proud of myself. And about a month later, I heard back from a producer, Joel Eisenberg, and he apologized like for his delay. He was immediately like working on another project after FilmCon, but didn't forget about me and like really, really loved my show. And um, he said, you know, let send me the pilot, send me a pitch deck like of your show. And he, you know, he sent me like a agreement and everything to say that he was strictly just reviewing it. And he did that. And probably about a week later, he called me and said that he was interested in partnering with me as an executive producer. Yeah. And and basically the partnership would in, would be um to it was a shopping agreement so it would be to help me pitch the show to tv networks that was solidified in september and so where we are right now so he is attached um as an executive producer and we are in the process of pitching to tv networks we have started of course COVID-19 has slowed all of that down, um, but that's okay. And what I'm working on right now is I have been re-editing the miniseries so that we can release that on a streaming platform. So that has been a challenge because, um, you know, I did film all of this in film school and it wasn't all perfect in terms of like the audio (laughs) in some areas which I know a lot of filmmakers can relate to. Um, So that has been a challenge, you know, me really cleaning it up and getting it prepared for the streaming platform. But um, that's what I've been doing all quarantine pretty much. And um, (laughs) that's a whole story in itself. But, you know, I'm excited for that when that does come about because that will be an opportunity to showcase the miniseries to a wider audience than just, my circle or you know my cast member circles um but yeah right now you know we are in the process of pitching to tv networks and one thing that you know really makes me happy about this partnership with joel is that you know he's he's not of color but Mm -hmm. he understands the importance and need for an all-black positive show like on mainstream and and he is aligned in you know my desire for it to be mainstream you know we shouldn't be put in a box of you know black people just need to be on black networks like we should be able to be viewed as humans and and our experience should should be something that everyone can relate to and i think you know being quote-unquote weird or you know not feeling comfortable in your own skin or really embracing your individuality. Like that's something that everybody deals with. It just happens to be that you're looking at it from a black perspective. And that's why I'm so open about the journey because I would see people like Issa Rae and, mm-hmm. you know, and there, she's no different than you and me, right. you know, there are people who are out there are no, they are no different. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, okay, if, if they can do it, I can do it. And so I hope that, you know, people who have been following this journey over this time will realize that they can do it too. So that's why I'm, I'm not stopping. 
and it will be on TV. Like it will be on TV and it'll be a big hit. And I'm just looking forward to celebrating that moment. But until then, I'm just enjoying the process, enjoying the journey. Mm -hmm. And yes. It will. I definitely agree with you that it will be um, on TV. And I'm going to be so excited because I'm going to be telling everybody that I got to do a podcast with her. (laughs) Back then, those of us like myself, the new hashtag where Maya fans, let us know. How can we connect with you, like on social media, website, different platforms? Yes. So my personal social media for Instagram, Twitter, everything is at Maya Naomi. And it's M-Y-A-H-N-A-O-M-I, Maya Naomi. And all social for hashtag Weird Maya is at Weird Maya, W-E-I-R-D-M-Y-A-H. And any information um, about the show, you of course can like follow the links in the bios, but my website is mayanaomi.com. And if you want to specifically get to, you know, info about our progress for the show, ways to support, if you're interested in a hashtag shirt, um, or just to keep up with the journey, that's mayanaomi.com slash weirdmaya. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I love, love, love your platform. And I've been following you all for a while. And I just, I love the mission behind it. And it's so important for us to inspire and encourage um, other people who are interested in following this, this journey and just providing insight on how they can fulfill their dreams. So I applaud you all for that. And you have my support in absolutely everything and anything that you do. Well, thank you so much. And we appreciate you so much for taking the time out today to grace us with your presence and join us on our podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I know our listeners are going to get so much from it, and I did as well. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you, and thank you for all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, rate us, leave a comment, and share with someone else. And until next time, 